Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, dear listener. Just a quick interjection before launching into our Nomad Deep Dive. We've decided to split our dissection of the beginning of the book into three parts because, much like a chicken on a farm, it's absolutely massive. Hopefully, this will make it all the more easily digestible for you. The episodes, not the chicken. We kick off part one now with chat around the book release, the credits and the prologue. And unless there have been any gremlins in the system, part two, covering chapters one and two, should be available for you to listen to straight away. Our analysis of chapters three and four will be with you this time next week. So come, join us as we begin to walk in the footsteps of Alan's father. Join us. I must complete the journey that my father never could. I must do it on foot. Can't remember why. It will be called The Footsteps of My Father Walk. My home isn't insulated. Monkey tennis? Heathrow is just an absolute tit of an airport. Quite simply, cows. Monkey tennis? With a stupid Ewok head. Larmer on him, Nosey. Love you, Aim. Monkey tennis? A total wazzock of a guy. Infinity, the final frontier. Monkey tennis? We will talk about it now, Mr. Nichols. Monkey tennis? Motherfucker. Gary Wilmot. Okay. Sue Cook. Okay. Dale Winton. Okay. Monkey tennis? Oh, fuck off, Nick. A team reunited, a podcast recorded, a book read, a partridge dissected, a producer Jed tired, a dead dad honoured, a case of beer consumed. Welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, where we will now be dissecting and celebrating the novel Nomad by Mr. Alan Partridge himself. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Oh, Adam. 
Guess who's back in the big time? Nick Alder. Oh, Adam. Guess who's back in the big time? And Tom Stab. Oh, Adam. Guess who's big in the back time? We are. <laughs> that, was, that was really reversed. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> Not planned. So join us as over the next, uh, over the coming weeks, we follow in the footsteps of Alan's father and head into Nomad's Land. Um, we'll be tackling <laughs> the book uh, chapter by chapter. So today's episode is mainly about the, uh, the prologue and the opening four chapters. But before we get into all of that, we should talk a little bit about the design of this book, also where Alan is in his life at this point uh, and uh, get into the nitty gritty of sales and so on. Well, as, as usual, the uh, hardback and paperback uh, feature differences, there's quite significant differences between the two. Should we start with the hardback? Yeah, so um, I'm the only person here who's uh, got a copy of the hardback. Um, so you know, I'll, I'll hold it up to the group here. Um, you, you can uh, obviously Google it uh, if you're listening at home. It's a it's a striking picture of Alan on the front, isn't it? Really it? Is. There, yeah, I mean, a lot of money spent on gold embossing as well. Yep, yeah, it's a very very. I mean, much like uh, eye partridge, the uh, signature and title is in a gold embossed. It's a premium product. It you can, very much you, is. You, you can imagine that that's. I mean, obviously they've had to do it in real life, but that's something that Alan would have insisted on. Oh, a hundred percent. So it features Alan, quite a close up shot, uh, classic Alan um, looking straight. At the uh, at the reader wearing a uh, his words a high end Arabian scarf with uh, some uh, picturesque countryside in the background. We Lovely assume British countryside. We assume Norfolk. Just to add a little bit of colour around the scarf, not to jump ahead too much. But on the back of the paperback, we know that that is a high end Arabian scarf bought in John Lewis only days before they announced the sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll, we'll I'll turn to the back of the uh, uh, of the book. It's another picture of Alan. He's walking again through sort of, sort of a, it's a jaunty walk village. there. He's got yeah. his walking stick with him. Yeah, uh, and you know. Obviously, this came out um, before any actual reviews uh, or opinions of the book uh, had come out in, in real reputable uh, publications. So there's some, um, shall we say, imaginative quotes on the back, uh, which include one from Melvin Bragg. He can't half ramble. Um, <laughs> published by Orion, the Times Literary Supplement. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and you could skip every other page and you'd still know what was going on, the Financial Times. Which, of course, Alan would see as a plus. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yep, and then moving on to the inside, uh, there's a bit of a synopsis of, of what the book is. Um, I'll just uh, read it out here. because so this is the inner leaf of the, uh, the wraparound cover. Exactly, yes. Yeah, not so sure of the technical term for that. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'll read it now. Streets pounded, a country crisscrossed, blood spilt, tears shed, laughter peeled, a dead dad honoured, a hero risen, a book deal signed. Alan Partridge is the beautifully punctuated follow-up to the author's 2012 memoir, I, Partridge, a book that has so far been loaned out by over 60 libraries nationwide, including nine in Her Majesty's prison estate, and that's great. <laughs> Using over 10% of all the words in the Oxford English Dictionary, Nomad charts one man's attempt to recreate a deeply personal journey made by his father some 40 years ago. Donning his boots, his windcheater, and a high-end Arabian scarf bought in John Lewis only days before they announced a sale, Partridge sets off from his childhood home in Norwich to walk the 160 miles in the footsteps of his father. His destination, Dungeness Nuclear Power Station on the Kent Coast, a place that held a special significance for the man he simply called Papa. Through witty vignettes, heavy essays, and nod-inducing pieces of wisdom, Alan Partridge will shine a light on the nooks of the nation and the crannies of himself. Um, there's also one little bit at the end of here, which uh, which is a bit of a legal disclaimer. 
Alan Partridge's legal team wishes to make it clear that Alan does not and will never give his permission for this book to be sold at a discounted rate. <laughs> you do not have the right, legally uh, or morally, to slash his price. Um, that's interesting, Tom. How much did you pay for that? Yeah, I was going to say, quick question to the group. <laughs> have any of us paid full retail for this book? I bought it on Amazon for 50p. <laughs> yeah, I think I got it from eBay for £1.25. Uh, I did pay full price on Amazon. Mine was brand new, although it is now dogged. But Define I, I, full price. Well, it was 5 99 I mean, it's not going to break the bank, is it? No, no, I, no, I, got, no, I got it on Kindle just, for 99 p cheers alan uh yep and there's also an about the author section in the back of the hardback i'll just quickly read that out now documentarian humanitarian contrarian and vegetarian brackets one week a month alan gordon partridge is a familiar face and recognizable voice across east and west anglias alike and has recently become a deeply accomplished writer whether as an essayist autobiographer humorist internet chat rumour, or, in 2012, writer-in-residence at Birch, uh, Birchanger Green Services on the M11. A passionate supporter of the National Trust and patron of a charity for divorced men, Alan is cherished by friends, colleagues, listeners, former lovers, his dog Seldom, and his two small children, Fernando, brackets 36, and Denise, brackets slightly younger. Oh god, that's quite depressing to know that Fernando <laughs> is younger than we are. God. He enjoys a bitter shandy, shandy lager, high-end knitwear, and personal success. <laughs> he is the founder of Pear Tree Productions right. and a majority shareholder of its umbrella company, Pear Orchard Holdings. He is currently doing very well. <laughs> There we go. That's what? a lovely bit of colour there. The uh, the charity for uh, divorced dads, I like especially. There's something that's really jumped out at me there. Vegetarian one week a month. <laughs> that seems quite unbelievable based on how much he loves meat in uh, this time. This time, yeah. yeah. And well, he, he gives he gives it up, doesn't he, or attempts to for a whole for only for one whole week, doesn't he? And he only lasts like three days. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he is Alan Partridge and he eats meat. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really does. Just to dive into the uh, the differences between the paperback and the hardback, uh, the main thing I think when you move to the paperback is that obviously the, the quotes here are real. Um, I guess that's for two reasons. So the Sunday Telegraph says, funniest book of the year. Guardian says, it's glorious. Uh, Catelyn Moran says, it's the funniest book ever written. Although if you go into the inside cover, she actually said, it's almost certainly the funniest book ever written. <laughs> so a bit of Alan-esque license taken that there. That is a great little bonus gag, isn't it? Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think there's two reasons for that. One is obviously with the hardback edition perhaps the reviews weren't in yet um, but also yeah. I think it's to do well uh, Tom Stabby is, is a former book marketer who can probably shine some light on this I expect hardcore Alan fans are going to buy this book regardless is of that? what people say yeah. but when you get to paperback yeah. it's, this is very much picking it's up your casual Tesco shopper who yeah. needs who needs that's to be when you want to go brilliant. mass market isn't it is yeah, that? yeah. Um, there's even more quotes inside I won't go through all of them but uh, Sam Leith in the Guardian said bathos is everywhere which I had to look up because I'm not clever same <laughs> didn't know what it meant it's an effective anti-climax created by the unintentional lapse in mood from sublime to trivial or ridiculous which makes a lot of sense once yep. you know it um, and uh, Partridge fans will love it said the Financial Times which I thought was quite faint praise to include in a, a list of quotes but there's a fake Financial Times quote on the hardback one right you, you've literally just thrown <laughs> yeah. it over there yeah no there was there was yeah, it was along the lines then, of you could read every other yeah, page yeah, yeah, and you'd yeah, still yeah, know yeah. what was so going like on they've gone from a fake yeah, one to a real I, I, one yeah but the real one is also kind of not exactly yeah. glowing it's praise not, yeah. um, the other thing is that the photo used on the cover of Nomad it's, uh, it's Alan in the same get up but this time he's skewered a fish on the end of a Swiss army knife I thought it was quite nice that this is obviously Alan's idea of sort of living wild but all yeah. of the tools on the Swiss army knife have been opened out as well which you obviously <laughs> never do um 
And, <laughs> and uh, also that has no relevance to anything that happens in the book as no, well, which is great. No. Like, other than that, the, the cover text is more or less the same. I did think it was interesting they keep saying it's the beautifully punctuated follow-up to Hyde Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, I found a couple of typos and grammatical errors later Brilliant. in it. Right. So, uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, I, I do like the photo of him on the back of the paperback version. I haven't seen that before. He's got a lovely uh, lovely hat on there. Yes, he has. He's very um, happy. I Presumably no one's actually fact-checked the, the claim that they use 10% of all the words in the Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, I think it's <laughs> no. very, very unlikely to be true and possibly a massive waste of our time, but who knows. Um, and yeah, it's it's got good quotes from iNews. Sensationally funny, says Richard Osman. Uh, an uproariously funny read, uh, says Heat. I imagine that's Boyd Hilton, friend of the show and fan of Partridge, said that. Uh, sensational, said Jenny Colgan. Hilarious, said John Ronson. Uh, it's hilarious, according to Choice. And brilliantly funny, thanks to Marcus Brigstock. So, so people really. like it. People mm. like it. Well, we um, should save our thoughts on whether we like it until the, the end. end. So that's something to look forward to. If we look at the Alan timeline here, this is this comes into what I would call Gibbon phase two so this is off the back of we've had mid-morning matters series two we've had scissor Isle, and then we've got the nomad book that's all those three things in 2016 so the last key piece of partridge we've seen before there was the alpha papa movie so this all perfectly ties in and obviously there are uh, there are some references in chapters to some of those past events uh, that obviously weren't yeah. covered in i partridge because they happened after. yeah and i, and I think it's, it's kind of if, if you look at that the way it's literally how these things were released as well. The end of Mid-Morning Matter Series 2 leads into Scissor Isle, which leads into Nomad. But how did it sell? So, uh, using my uh, publishing connections, um, I've managed... <laughs> Does that mean Google? <laughs> no, an actual person, thank you. Um, so, I've got uh, the hardback and paperback sales, and then obviously the total as well. Uh, these figures are correct as of Friday the 9th of August. Turn it into a game? So yeah, we can we can gamify this. Um, I've got the hardback, paperback, and uh, total sales for iPartridge, so I'll just uh, revisit those. Now, bear in mind, these are accurate as of when we recorded iPartridge, so about two years ago, 18 months ago, maybe? But I don't think they would be... Two ma- years ago, yeah. yeah. I don't think they would be massively different, um, because it's Hang been a quite a while since the book two came out. Two years ago? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so the hardback sales for iPartridge were 158,438. Paperback sales, 81,641, which gives a total of 240,076 total sales for iPartridge. So, hardback so that sales... That seems quite low, but I, well, I don't really know what's compared to. A quarter of a million, I think it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Are we guessing the total sales for Nomad then? Yes. Yeah. So this came out on the 20th of October, 2016. Mm-hmm. So these are sales as of last week. Yeah. Okay. One number, one guess per person... Shall I kick off? Go for it. I'm going to say combined total of uh, 163,000. I was going to say that. Well, I just did it, mate. (laughs) Tom? Uh, 191,000. Okay. 160,000. Oh, you. Hardback sales. 60,160. Oof. Paperback sales. I need a big number here. (laughs) Paperback sales. 42,995, giving a total of 103,155. Uh, 103, so Adam's the winner. So Adam is the winner. I mean, that's, it's still a colossal amount of book sales, but it does, drop, it does it? speak to perhaps why there hasn't been a third book since. But I seem to remember there being quite a lot of promo uh, activity around iPartridge like he went on um, the Jonathan Ross show in character um, but I seem to and and obviously there there seemed to be a bit more noise around the release of iPartridge I think some of that was about 
Steve is back in character as Partridge because there was going to be multiple um, different uh, variations of uh, Alan coming back. So mm. yes, it was about the book, but it's also about the character is well, back. Well, I guess, I guess that's essentially Gibbons Phase One because that's when you had Mid Morning Matters Series One going on Sky as well as the book coming out. So I guess there was generally more excitement about mm. Alan. Yeah. In addition, from a marketing point of view, there are a lot of Alan fans who basically they'll buy an Alan book that kind of sums up his whole life. Whether they're also going to buy a second follow up, whether they're kind of serial. Yeah. readers of this it well it, it i mean it's, it's born out in, in the sales you know potentially two-thirds of them aren't and I, and I guess that there is an extra selling point for ipartridge where it's kind of read alan's memoirs about the time he was in the travel tavern it's something yes. that's going to be a lot more relatable to a lot of yeah, people yeah that's but i think the point i was making about i'm surprised how low the book sales are is when you think about alan as a character and the millions of tv viewers he's had over the years but then I don't really know comparatively what a best-selling book mm. actually That's sells. That's the thing I was so, going to say. Like, is yeah, is I, I Partridge know, yeah. an absolutely stellar release? Whereas this is just this is great. They're happy with it. It's just that the first one did so much better. Any publishing ex- experts out there? If only we knew a publishing <laughs> expert. Um, but yeah, I, d- I, I mean, I'm sure people may correct us and point out links or, and stuff like that. But I just don't remember as much noise or as much promo activity around the release of Nomad as compared to I Partridge. Mm. Um, well, yeah. cause, I mean, because it's even things like he was on TFI Friday in character, but that was at the end of 2015. So mm. that was, I mean, when did this come out? October, October 2016. 2016. So that was nearly a year before the book came out. So even that doesn't really tie in. The only real sort of um, promo, I guess, material or activity that I found in my research was a YouTube video on Orion's uh, YouTube channel um, that was Steve in character as Alan sort of announcing the book. And that went out around July uh, ahead of a release in October, which is uh, kind of what ended up being the press release for the release of the book. So um, we'll play in a little bit of that audio now. So in case you haven't seen it um here's a bit of the audio mm. if you work in television you're probably spluttering something about the mass appeal of strictly come dancing or how cutting edge game of thrones is with its sandals and dragons and occasional breasts personally i failed to see what's cutting edge about a dragon they were used to advertise mouthwash in the 80s and they've been extinct for millions of years everywhere you look there are signs of decline our newsreaders now stand up our chat show hosts don't chat. Our TV detectives take a series arc to suss out what Bergerac managed in an hour. Admittedly, the kind of canny problem-solving you'd expect from a guy residing in the tax haven. No, it's obvious to those of us with our finger on the pulse that the future is not in TV. It's in books, E and paper. And that's why I was happy to sign up with Orion to bring you Alan Partridge, colon, Nomad. Nomad brings you the story of a one-man walk I undertook to try to learn about who I really am. I was able to use transport when essential, but I set myself one caveat. No unlicensed minicabs. There you go, and we'll put the full video on our socials, so if you haven't seen that, um, uh, you can watch it. Uh, I would recommend it. It is brilliant and very, very funny. Very funny. That's a stab recommendation. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, like you say, that essentially a lot of the key things Alan says in that video... They that essentially was the press release that went out about the Nomad book as well. So yeah, that was in July with the book being in October. And I think what's interesting, the way they seem to set it up in terms of it having witty witty vignettes, heavy essays, not inducing pieces of wisdom, doesn't really marry up with what the book actually became. Mm. We say we kind of have it on good authority that when when it was kind of being PR'd that the book was happening, I think a lot of the book or the book in a 
on the whole hadn't actually been written so yeah. it looked like it feels like it morphed over a few months into what nomad actually became it was also my understanding that an early version of nomad was going to be a collection of correspondence between alan and various people so letters of complaint show proposals <laughs> that sort of thing which i guess would have could have been a nice idea but perhaps doesn't it doesn't tell you a huge amount about his life and also um it does feel a little bit more like a kind of TV cash-in book when it's yeah. just a collection of yeah. letters, like text you've already heard from, from previous TV series. Like him and Tony Hare's exchanging letters or yeah. something like that. And yeah. the thing is, that's kind of what the description of the book is. Like, in mm. the, if you pick that up in a book, bookshop and look at it and read yeah. what it's about, you go, oh, it's witty vignettes, it's essays. It feels like it's something that's been clubbed together. You wouldn't immediately go, oh, I absolutely have to read that. It does sound a little bit like reactionary yeah. cash it i'm not saying it the, was a cash the, in any way the shape book or form is, the book is better than the the pitch that they've 100%, given it 100 percent. but yeah. it's funny as well that, that that those lines like the witty vignettes and the heavy essays and stuff that that is still made it to the book jacket yeah. as well that they still did they didn't even change that phrase no i think though. they're underselling it mm. yeah yeah, 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 I would agree. So let's turn to the object of our affections, the book <laughs> itself. Um, we're going to be uh, we're going to be tackling this basically in multiple episodes. Each episode is going to consist of us looking at roughly four chapters, and each member of the team has a section of the book that they are in, in charge of. Uh, so it starts with my chapters. Um, so before we even get to chapter one, there's a dictionary definition of the word nomad. Uh, well, I say dictionary definition. Uh, I think I think at least one of one of these, and you can guess which one has been added by Alan himself. So it's a noun. One, a person who does not stay long in the same place, a wanderer. Two, a member of a people that travels from place to place to find fresh pasture for its animals and has no permanent home. And three, Scottish, not mad. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, a number of those kind of play on uh, accents throughout the book, which are genuinely brilliant. Uh, and there's also a footnote that says the author would like to point out that he does have a permanent home, um, which we which we establish in a later chapter is, is Denton Abbey. He's in Denton Abbey still yeah. at this point. Uh, very keen to distance himself from the traveller community. You can see he's very worried that going on a walk could be all it takes to uh, associate him with uh, with a group of people that he doesn't seem to like um so there's also uh, an acknowledgements page which i think is is noteworthy in its non-noteworthiness um, <laughs> i think it's funny for a lot of reasons well basically he says on this occasion there is no one i wish to acknowledge thank you uh not even his father nope <laughs> <Not even his laughs> father. That's, that's such a good point uh, and also the fact that it's at the front of the book most people will put their acknowledgements at the end yeah. but he thought it was so important to tell you there's nobody he wants to thank that it had to go right at the start um so there's a there's a poem. We're still not even at the prologue yet. Uh, I, I, I brief, I, I'll read you the poem very quickly. Uh, to walk, to trek, to hike, to yomp, to amble, to ramble, to womble, to wander, to slither, both hither and thither, to march, to mince, to trudge, to traipse, to stroll, to stride, to stomp, to stop. Uh, Getting about by A.G. Partridge, age 19. <laughs> so here we have the first difference between the audiobook and the published book. First of quite a few, actually. Um, quite a lot of them are, are small ones like this, but I think it's just worth noting that um, to amble and ramble is swapped around in the oh, audio. That's and, interesting. Uh, to womble isn't, uh, isn't used in the audiobook. It's to roam. So one of those small idiosyncrasies where Steve has got in the recording booth and mm. just decided to change something. I think something. that's what it is then. I think it must be. I what? just wonder why, my assumption, not to get too much into the, the nitty gritty of it, but my assumption would well, be... Well, why not? That's what we're here for for the next eight <laughs> weeks. Okay, then let's really, really uh, mine this point then. I assume he would, you know, get into the booth, there's a script laid out for him, and broadly speaking, he's there to get it done and get out, not to kind of like <laughs> finesse and change and... Oh, also. I think he definitely I would. think he is a consummate finesse and a change, yeah. though. I don't think he could 
leave it alone. The amount of times we hear about things being written on the fly, changed during filming, yeah. like it all gets it all gets redone and reviewed I th- I every think single it day. It seems like as we dig into every every aspect of Alan, there's always rewriting down to the last minute. Because yeah. I guess Coogan is such a perfectionist like that, and this is kind of what we talked about when we talked about iPartridge that there are subtle differences. Mm. So obviously, they've written the book. And in essence, that's almost like a first draft when it comes to recording the audiobook. And obviously, Coogan's going, now nah, we can make that better. Mm. Fair enough. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> it just seemed like an odd thing to change, but fair. I also believe that probably the Gibbons brothers wrote the uh, the lion's share of the book itself. So it might be that going in for the audiobook, uh, Steve has the Maybe opportunity to correct things yeah. that he didn't... Hang on a minute, like what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely I'm going this off. I've definitely read it, but just in case. Can you just make a couple of changes? Yeah. <laughs> hasn't gone to print yet, has it, guys? Uh, Steve's asking if it's gone to print. What do I tell him? Just, just tell him no. <laughs> uh, I like the inclusion of this because it's another example of him working his teenage work in. He did the same when he put his old song into an episode of This Time as well. Uh, I was so question to the group has anyone else ever done any very bad teenage poetry uh, I think if anyone has in this group it's you Adam <laughs> <laughs> certainly written some terrible terrible songs in my youth and also there's a really good night if anyone's ever in London called London Cringe which I recommend you go to where people get up on stage and read out their teenage diaries in fact there's nights like this oh, all brilliant. over the world but I did I, I did it once and read out some stuff and it is, it is hilarious and fun and very varied some people were extremely traumatised as teenagers and some people were absolutely hilarious that literally sounds like the definition of su- like an awkward evening just sat there watching someone read out their diaries yeah would, would not listen to participating it was pretty pretty awkward for me and i was the one doing the reading yeah <laughs> let's move on yes let's so on to the prologue uh what i talk about when i talk about rambling um that's a reference to raymond carver's short story collection what we talk about when we talk about love ah, and also uh, there's another quite famous book what i talk about when i talk about running by uh, murakami as well ah, there we go um and he then spends the first 300 words teaching the reader how to walk. <laughs> uh, I love that the uh, the choice of first word for the novel here, pump. <laughs> yeah, I, I like what this description as well, where he says, like, give up, as if you don't know what he's talking about, when he's just essentially <laughs> describing walking. Yep. Uh, and mentioning that when the foot locks in place, it takes the weight of its owner, uh, it passes the centre of gravity back to its counterpart, like an Olympic torch made of physics, which I thought is kind of, that's the trainers in the washing machine of this book, isn't it? Like his terrible metaphors. Oh, there. <laughs> There, is so, there are so many clunky similes throughout this book, uh, and so I think that's definitely something to highlight as we go through. One yeah. thing to praise the Gibbons for, I think it is very difficult to write this badly if you're a good writer. So mm. they're purposefully mm. having to write badly, which must be quite a skill in itself. You're basically unlearning everything that you've learned about writing and storytelling and stuff like that and just completely binning that off yeah, yeah writing yeah, terribly true. must be a must be a hell of a skill and we'll come to it as, as we go through the chapters but the pacing of this book is ridiculously off compared to the sort of narrative pace that you would expect from a kind of gripping novel um so there's also fun uh, lexi style pluralization where he describes the uh, the plural of magnums as magna um, <laughs> Quite fancy a Magna, actually. Multiple Magnums, please. Should we, we send Jed out to the shop? Uh, and lots of bits where he's imagining... Again, he's losing an argument with somebody he's imagined, where, where someone <laughs> someone's refusing to accept that they walk. He's like, come on, how did you get to the, the door of the newsagents to the freezer? Was it teleportation? No, you walked, mate. Accept it, because we all walk, all of us. Footnote, with some exceptions. <laughs> some, I think the footnotes are some of the best punchlines. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, 100%. And some of them are like some of them are as long as some of the chapters in this book. Like they just go on. They're brilliant. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like his examples of uh, the kind of walks you can go on, as, as if the people reading this book need examples of what might require walking. <laughs> yeah. uh, just to sh- explain, strolling to the larder to grab a plate of eggs, for, for example. <laughs> yeah, we know he does like eggs, and he occasionally likes people to lay them. Your chicken. Yeah. <laughs> although the plate of eggs, surely that could be for seldom. 
Oh yes, could be. He does only yeah, boiled eggs. Yeah. Uh, or he could be making himself an egg medley, perhaps. True. True. Um, or, or chucky egg. Popping. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> many, many eggs. Yeah, just so many eggs. Popping from your desk to a colleague's desk to tell her to turn her music down. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, it can be as emotional as walking down a church aisle to give away a daughter. And I thought, did he? Do you think he was invited to Denise's wedding? Ooh, Do I don't know? think so. There's there's, uh, there's a a sort of sparse amount of Denise and Fernando chat throughout the book. You do get a little bit, but we don't learn tons more about Denise and Fernando through this book, do we? There's no. one big plot twist towards the end, which I don't Save think we're it. aware of. Save, Save it. it. We'll get there. Um, and then he talks about uh, all the different kinds of walks from the perch strut of a Strictly Come Dancer. Funny because he also references Strictly Come Dancing in that audio announcing Nomad. Um, so it's, yep. it's obviously a topical uh, point for him. So the no-nonsense galump of a Tory lady politician, which I thought is quite a good foreshadowing of Theresa May's dance that obviously happened after this book came out. Um, and, uh, sometimes it's just the understatements that are so good. Yes, walking has been with us for some time and looks set to stay with us for many more years to come. The idea that walking has a shelf life that could be Pay measured in years yeah. is, is fantastic. Um, and yeah, he says, it doesn't just transport us, it transports us, which I know is the same word twice, but the second time should be said louder and slower. So it's like he's got just enough of a grasp of what makes a good book to, to, to sort of ham fist it, hasn't he? Um, and he says uh, when he promenades he's overcome with gratitude not for the scenery the UK highways agency and our obsession with affordable housing have seen to that but for my own legs um, he then also claims that so little is known about legs <laughs> I love that bit yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he describes them, the, the largest limbs on the human body yet so little is known about <laughs> it's so little known about them I feel like that's probably the part of the body we know almost the most about well I think generally speaking we know quite a lot about the human body don't we yeah. so it just, yeah. it's a complete lack of understanding about the medical profession and what people do and don't know about themselves he knows so little about them that's, yes. what, he, that's what it that's means that's what it yeah. is yeah. Uh, and with that thought tumbling around your head like hiking socks in a washing machine which <laughs> again is go. just trainers in a washing machine just rebadged yeah. I think that's a brilliant nod as well to the reader that probably says you're in familiar territory there's more of this coming you're you're going (laughs) to like it Uh, please enjoy this book Alan Partridge August 2016 I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So there you have it, our first episode discussing all things Nomad. Hopefully that whet your appetite for more. 
well, the good news is that our next episode is available now and it's discussing chapters one and two of the book. We'd love your feedback on Nomad and, of course, on the show itself. And there's a number of ways you can get in touch with us. It's thepartridgepod at gmail.com, facebook.com forward slash thepartridgepod. Uh, on Twitter, we are at thepartridgepod. On Instagram, it's at monkeytennispod. And remember, you can get in touch via the hotline. Best to use WhatsApp if you're going to do that. The telephone number is 07923 600 017. Adam is standing by and ready to take your call 24 hours a day, so please do get in touch. I must complete the journey that my father never could. I must do it on foot. Can't remember why. It will be called The Footsteps of My Father Walk. My home isn't insulated. Monkey tennis? Heathrow is just an absolute tit of an airport. Quite simply, cows. Monkey tennis? With a stupid Ewok head. Lava on him, nosy. Love you, Aim. Monkey tennis? A total wazzock of a guy. Infinity, the final frontier. Monkey tennis? We will talk about it now, Mr. Nichols. Monkey tennis? Motherfucker. Gary Wilmot. Okay. Sue Cook. Okay. Dale Winton. Okay. Monkey tennis? Oh, fuck off, Nick. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.